0: good morning visionaries before we begin our study this morning there is a very important service announcement i need to make today the convention has been sold out yes nine weeks ahead of our scheduled convention time the power of the big book that's coming in october has been sold out this special announcement is an appeal to all fellows that already hold hotel accommodations at the Wyndham Hotel and the Doubletree Hotel and have not registered for convention. We need to hear from you. If you know of anybody that has not registered for convention and has accommodations, please have them contact me, Melanie C. at five four one nine zero eight one two two one. Pacific time again, we are sold out if those that are registered at hotels have not registered for convention We need to hear from you Please let everyone know Thank you Thank You Melanie good morning and welcome to
1: Overeaters Anonymous the vision for you big book study My name is Katie F and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater today is Friday August 28 2015 Today, we are reading from the big book, chapter 11, and we are at page 158, paragraph 3. Today's readers are Kim G, Amy E, and Sharon H. The reference number for Thursday, August 27th, is 7952. That's 7952. OA Preamble O Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA I will now ask Austin R. to read the 12 steps of OA. Please press star 1 to unmute. Thank you, Katie. Good morning, and thank you for your service. This is Austin R., grateful compulsive eater from Massachusetts. Grateful compulsive eater. Step 1 We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives have become unmanageable. praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice his principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you so much. I will now ask Nancy S. to read the 12 Traditions. Good morning, Katie. Good
2: morning, everyone. This is Nancy S. from Wisconsin, Recovering Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of OA. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the O.A. name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions. Ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do this service next
0: Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses
1: on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only.
3: Our absence requirement
1: for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no absence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the Big Book on page 158, paragraph 3, and Kim G will read two paragraphs, but our uh, comments will be focused on the second paragraph. I will ask Kim to begin reading. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. That afternoon, he put on his clothes and walked from the hospital a free man. He entered a political campaign, making speeches, frequenting men's gathering places of all sorts, often staying up all night. He lost the race by only a narrow margin, but he had found God, and in finding God, he found himself. That was June, 1935. He never drank again. He too had become a respected and useful member of the community. He had helped other men recover and is a power in the church from which he was long absent. And good morning, everyone. My name is Kim G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey, and I'm going to concentrate on he helped other men recover. Um, Because I have to tell you, I really thought that sponsoring or working with others was something only certain people did, you know, the people who were the gurus. I didn't realize that it wasn't optional. You know, in order to stay in this recovered state i need to carry this message so i just wanted to bring out a couple of the places in the big book where it really stresses that so on page xvi in the forward to the second edition it talks about dr bob sobering up it says you know he sobered up never to drink again to the moment of his death in 1950. this seemed to prove that one alcoholic could affect another al- non- as no non-alcoholic could It also indicated that strenuous work, one alcoholic with another, was vital to permanent recovery. And I don't know about you, but I want permanent recovery. I I was sick and tired of having temporary respite, having periods of absence, and then going back to the food. You know, on page 89, the first sentence of working with others, it says practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. And I remember someone pointing out to me practical experience in this book is not only what worked, what didn't work. So I also read that as practical experience shows them is that people who did not intensively work with others did not have permanent recovery. You know, on page 132, I remember this being pointed out to me as well. It says we have recovered and we've been given the power to help others. But it was pointed out to me we haven't been given the power to help ourselves. And that's why I have to live in these steps. This has to be a part of my DNA now, that, that, that living in these steps is the only chance I have of that mental twist staying away. Because being recovered to me today does not mean that I'm cured. The allergy is there. That right? is my permanent disability. And this recovered state of not wanting to eat, of being able like this gentleman to go and run for office and frequent men's gatherings and being able to go anywhere on this earth as a free woman, It's because the mental obsession has been removed, and that's of God, not of me. And it is serious business when they say a daily reprieve. You know, I have to say, I look a lot now at the warnings. The warnings in this book are telling us that we will drink again if we do not do this work, and we will drink again if we do not carry this message. Because what I have found is sitting in my room trying to say I'm powerless does not work. But teaching another Compulsive overreader that they're powerless reinforces my powerlessness and my need for a power on a daily basis, and with that, I
4: pass. Thank you so much, Kim. uh, who would
1: like to comment on that second paragraph?
5: Larry hey
1: okay, Larry Anyone else?
6: Okay,
5: go ahead, Larry. Oh, thank- thanks so much, Larry. Recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So you know, I I love I love these paragraphs. Um, I I love you know talking about uh, Bill Dotson. You know, he was referred to as the the man on the bed. You know, from that 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 magazine story, that National magazine story at the time, and he was of course AA number three. You know, and and the history is important to me um, uh, for a lot of reasons, but our history is very important to me because it it puts things in context for me. Um, And at the time of his death, uh, Bill D., he had not had a drink in more than 19 years. You know, his date of sobriety was the day he entered that Akron hospital. Um, You you know, after all, you know, he was hospitalized eight prior times and 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 when he died, you know um on, on a Friday night, September seventeenth, nineteen fifty four, in Akron, you know it was interesting that that Bill W. had said at the time that his spirit and works are today alive in the hearts of uncounted AAs. And you know here we are this morning, and here we go. We're reading about his experience of transformation, of change, because that's what this program is. It's about change. And you see that the, the program is about identification when all the while I thought I was terminally unique, you know, that my disease somehow was was just unique to myself. And as long as I saw myself as unique within the disease, I don't know about you, but for me, I would continue to seek out my own ideas on how to solve this problem. And this was a problem for me that only could be solved if I had access to power, just like, just like Bill D. Bill D could do nothing. Eight prior hospitalizations, you know, um, and, and, and really where I can identify with him, here we are in 2015, is I can identify the, uh, you know, the, the, obviously when he was in the throes of his disease, the anger and the, you know, he, beat up a nurse and, and all these things. Now, you know, I didn't do that, but I'll tell you what, I certainly beat people up with my tongue, you know, I chewed them up and spit them out and, uh, you know, had a violent streak in me in that, in that way. And, you know, I'm not that same person anymore. And the people that meet me today, you know, they, they couldn't imagine that, that I could be that way. But I was in my disease. I needed a power greater than myself, just like um, Bill D., And uh, so the history is important, and uh, just thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
1: Thank you, Larry. Who else would like to share on this second paragraph? This is Janice. (laughs) Melissa C. Okay. Leah. Okay. I have Janice M., Melissa C., and
3: Leah M. Go ahead, Janice M.
6: I'm mean, Janice
1: P.
3: This is Janice
1: <laughs> All right. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. This is Janice P. and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. So, you know, I love this story because we're talking about a real alcoholic in this story. You know, we're talking about a real alcoholic. And I don't know about you, but, you know, it's so good to hear and to see in these stories what it used to be like, what happened, and and what it's like now for people. And here was a man who had begun to have this spiritual experience and, and now is following through on what happens when you have this spiritual experience. And what I found to be true for myself, and I think what I'm reading was true for this man, it says, and in finding God, he found himself. You know, he found God, and in finding God, he found himself. And what's ha- what happens when that happens to you? You know, when you work the 12 steps, like I did, as if my life depended on it, what happens is you want to help other people. It becomes a pleasure and a privilege and an honor and a joy to help other people. Because, you know, I've read, I read that all over in the big Book that the the lives of these men were utterly transformed. And my life was utterly transformed because it's a disease of perception. It's a disease of perception. And I had a very warped perception. You know, I thought it was all about me. And I was filled with a hundred forms of fear. And I had... Many, many times of being doomed, feeling doomed, being disappointed with myself once again, couldn't trust myself anymore. I said I was going to stop eating compulsively and I couldn't follow through. But something happened when I worked the 12 steps. I found that higher power that I needed all along. And AA and you all and this book didn't so much teach me that there was a God as taught me my need for God. And when I found that spiritual experience and began to live one day at a time in that spiritual experience, I wanted to help other people. I wanted to give to other people what had been so freely given to me. And that's, that's what keeps me in that place of ease and comfort that keeps me in that place one day at a time, no matter what life throws at you. No matter if you, like this man, you know, you you try to run for
4: political office
1: and, and you lose. Well, you still have this wonderful experience and you live through things that are hard and challenging. So if you have not yet experienced that yourself and you're on your way or you're listening on this line and you're not sure if this is for you, you know, if my experience proves anything, you know, if I can recover, you can recover. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Janice P. And
1: our next person is Melissa C. Hi, good morning. This is Melissa C., a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. never drank again,
6: respected
1: and useful. Um, You know, that is the whole purpose for my permanent recovery, is to be useful to others. um, No matter what, um, obstacles come my way. And, you know, what strikes me here in this story is, you know, how this man um, entered a political race. He made speeches. He must have, like, poured his heart and soul into um, what, He wanted and probably what he really believed was um, perhaps God's will for him because he was living according to, you know, his um, belief in God. And, you know, so he's engaging in this campaign, and yet he lost, um, and he remained sober. You know, this is the very definition to me of what it means to be recovered um, because when life does not unfold precisely the way that I want, it is no longer an acceptable response to run to the food for you know for solace to make me feel better um and uh you know and and why is he able to remain sober even when he didn't um win this political campaign um you know why am i able to remain food sober and abstinent when life does not happen the way i want it's because we're working with other people. You know, he he helped other people recover. And, um, you know, I know for myself that um, the things that I say to people that I'm working with and I'm helping, um, you know, God really helps put those words into my mouth because I need to hear them too. You know, that's really the the key here is that, um, you know, I say the very things that, helped me and continue to help me. And, you know, and when I, um, give myself over to that, that this whole process is about being useful, um, and not about sitting into a smaller size jeans just for the sake of my ego, but so that I have a message to carry that I can help other people recover. Um, you know, that's what hopefully is, is what gives me immunity, um, from my compulsion, and, um, you know, it's just, it's a beautiful thing to have um, this fellowship that seems to be growing all around me as well. You know, the 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 more I pour into um, helping others, the more I have a recovered state. Um, thank you with that. I'll pass.
6: Thank
3: you, Melissa. Leah M., you're up. Thank you very much, Katie um he never drank again. You know, what a dramatic story we've been studying the past few days. I mean, it really is incredible. I mean, here was this fellow, you know, uh locked up uh 8 times within 6 months, you know, highly intelligent, uh has a family, you know, has a good career, and yet, you know, was devastated by the progression of this illness. Surely, um, you know, Bill D. did not know what he was up against. Surely he did not understand the depths to which this disease would drag him. Um, and yet, uh, you know, after Bill uh, W. and Dr. Bob gave him the real medical business about an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind, um, that there was a specific uh, You know, past, a spiritual experience, awakening that needed to occur in order to recover, um, that You know, that worked. (laughs) You know, that worked. It worked. It worked now. You know, in 1935, it worked when they penned, you know, rarely have we seen a person fail. And that's as true today as it was then. Except to get to the punchline, you have to read further that statement, right? Rarely have we seen a person fail that has thoroughly followed our path. But it does work. I mean, you know, let that be Uh, a declaration to anybody out there who is still uh, in bondage with the disease of compulsive overeating. I mean, if you have your big book in front of you, you know, pop open to the title page, Alcoholics Anonymous, the story of how many thousands of men and women have recovered from alcoholism. These men and women who were, uh, you know, either going insane or locked up to never see the light of day anymore, uh, were released from the chains of their addiction and set free. You know, look at, take a look at page 17, you know, where it says, uh, well, you know, the first page, I'm sorry, if there's a solution, you know, where it says, uh, yeah, 17, they have solved the drink problem. I mean, can you get more hope and possibility than that? But that's the secret of these 12 steps that yes, it's possible. It was possible for me, it's possible for you to be able to effectuate such a dramatic change in personality, character, and values and become free. And this book is designed to bring about that experience. That book, this book that we study every day, is designed to bring about an experience through the application of these steps in proper sequence where you are recovered from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And then, of course, we've got more work to do, right? Because for us, if we neglect those who are still sick, there's danger to our own life and sanity. So it's under self-preservation and uh, duty and love that we continue to carry this message. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah.
6: Okay,
1: last call on commenting on this um, paragraph.
6: Sharon H. in Colorado. Reva Sharon P. H. Okay, o. we'll go. This is Bella Tenaysev.
0: Yes, Bella. Okay, so we will have
1: Sharon H., Reva P., Basa O., and Bella G, and then we will um, move on to the next paragraph after that. Go ahead, Sharon H.
6: Oh, thank you, Katie. This is Sharon H., recovered compulsive overeater in Colorado.
7: Thank you, God. And I, too, just love this story and how it unfolds uh, in these few pages to us. And, you know, even though it, it kind of lays it out like day one, two, three, he came to the conclusion and was totally convinced that he did have this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body and was willing to do whatever was required in order to be set free from that bondage. Um, He had a long period of history where he struggled um, uh, you know, in fact, even in the last six months, eight times he was locked up for alcoholism. So this just unfolds like a, a miracle. And uh, it means so much to me because I was one of those who struggled for so many years and uh, had those temporary respites I could get abstinent, but I couldn't stay abstinent. So then to see this process of of God doing what only God can do, moving in the heart and the mind of a person, and as a result of two men, Bill W. and Dr. Bob, giving up their time and their experience of, you know, the medical business of what this disease will do to you and will continue to do to you if you uh, don't see it for what it is, and and then I love, too, that so he puts his clothes on, walks out of the hospital a free man, and enters his political campaign, doesn't win, and he goes to all sorts of places, men gathering places, often staying up all night. Well, probably a lot of those gathering places of men. There was alcohol involved, but he had been set free from that. So he didn't even, that wasn't anymore on his radar that, oh, how come I can't have a drink? Or, oh, I'm around all this alcohol, I've got to have a drink. That had been removed from him. He had found God, and in finding God, he had found himself. And that just means so much to me today because it took me so long to see that for what it was, and now, by God's grace, I, too, live free and abstinent one day at a time, and I'm so grateful to OA Vision for you, for uh, God using this program to shine that light into my still uh, closed mind. I just, I had failed so often, I just didn't think it would ever happen, but it did, and my, uh, and I am just here to share with those of you out on the line that have been struggling for a long time, this truly does work. It worked because I was willing to use this book just like a textbook and follow its directions precisely, like it says on one of the first pages in this book. That's why they wrote the book. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Star one, Katie. Okay,
0: sorry. Um, Yeah, sorry. Reva P., you're up.
8: Good morning, this is Reva P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. This paragraph reminds me, first of all, of the paradoxes in the program. Um, He could not stop drinking in spite of fantastic medical care and um, being a smart guy with all kinds of degrees and uh, lawyer um, training, and here he never drank again. Um, He was feeling useless um, and feeling like he was a nobody, and here he's respected and useful. Um, He couldn't even help himself, let alone anybody else, and here he's helping other men. Um, He had no power, and now he is a power in his community and church. that this program um, and working the steps takes me from a place of utter defeat, utter helplessness, powerlessness, and transforms that um, and turns it around into the opposite. The paragraph also reminds me of the promises of the program um, where he is this useful person, um, which reminds me that um, it's God's power working through me That helps me be useful and helping other men recover um, is a reminder to me that I'm not helping other people recover um, by doing therapy with them by fixing them by solving their problems I'm helping them recover by just relaying the message and outlining how the program of action works which I need to remind myself on a daily basis who I am and what I need to do every 24 hours to stay in this um, fit spiritual condition. Yesterday, I just want to share. I woke up. It was one of those Step One mornings where I just felt utterly powerless. And this is not easy, but it's very simple. I did the do things. I did my, you know, Step Ten, which was a mini four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, And then I was able to be useful to people not only in program, but my family. Um, And what a transformation just within that one 24 hours when I felt so defeated, um, even after I listened to the meeting yesterday morning. So it works, and it is very simple. Um, It's not easy, but it's very simple. Follow the instructions, and we can all get what he has in this paragraph. Thank you, and I pass.
0: Thank you, Reva. Vasa O,
9: you're up. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, for your service. And good morning, everyone. And I'm Vasa O, Recover Compulsive we are calling from Massachusetts. And uh, I just love reading the stories in the big book. Um, and uh, I was, uh, I had a long history of, of a a long history with the food addiction and uh, I could not put it down and again I tried so many 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 times I couldn't do it by myself and I loved reading again in the big book um, and I would I started identifying with the people you know the allergy the mental obsessions and the solution in the twelve steps. I was just so grateful to find the solution after trying for so long, so many years. And yes, uh, in on page sixty, um, I remember reading this part: "We were alcoholics that could not manage our lives; that probably no human power could have relieved our, our, our you know, food or alcoholism; that God could and would if we were sought." And I was ready, and I was willing to whatever, whatever, surrender Vasa, you know. And that was the beginning, really, the beginning of my new life with having a relationship with God. And uh, like it says here, that was June 1935. He never drank again. And I remember I did mark my day when I became MAP student. It was October 25, 1986. And I never went back to those certain foods that I thought I could never live without them for the rest of my life. And I'm so grateful for my sobriety, you know, for all those years. And then helping others, you know. I remember in those days, you know, I never thought I could help anybody, you know, especially with the food, you know. And uh, I'm just so grateful I can help another sufferer today because I understand what it is to suffer and the pain to go through, you know, the withdrawals and and the pain and the suffering that we experience being in the food, the physical, you know, the emotional and the spiritual. And I'm just so grateful I can help others today. So thank you for letting me share my our task. Thank you, Vasa. Bella, you're up.
6: Thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive over Thank you, Katie, for doing this service and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such wonderful and powerful paragraph. Um, he, too, has become a respected and useful member of his community. Yes, me, too. Me, too. I came, thank God, to this place. You know, as soon as I found God, I found God, a, a loving and accepting Father, a loving power. I found myself, and I found myself. It means that I start. I started to trust myself. I started to accept that I am human, and therefore I have my limitations. I don't know everything, and I don't have to know everything. And I am always here to learn, to learn new things. And by accepting myself as human, I now I live in a healthy relationship. Relationship with the community, relationship in my job, relationship with my family. And what means relationship? To give and to get. I cannot get if I don't give, and I cannot give if I don't get. And today, I don't want to live anymore isolated and alone. Today, I am not self-centered anymore. Today, I know that, yes, I can give. I can give without being approved, without being judged. Yes, I can give, and also I can get. I can get from other people because I am not looking for the power. I don't want to know everything and to say, oh, you, there is something that I don't know and you know. Yes, I don't know everything. And today I live in to give and to get, to get and to give, and to share my experience, strength and hope, and to accept your experience, strength, and hope. Thank you for letting me share, the I pass.
1: Thank you, Bella. And Amy E., will you
4: please read the next two paragraphs? Thank you. Can I be heard? Yes. Great, thanks. Amy E.,
1: Grateful Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. So you see, there were three alcoholics in that town who now felt they had to give to others what they had found or be sunk. After several failures to
2: find others, a fourth turned up. He came through an acquaintance who had heard the good news. He proved to be a devil-may-care young fellow whose parents could not make out whether he wanted to stop drinking or not. They were deeply religious people, much shocked by their son's refusal to have
1: anything to do with the church. He suffered horribly from his sprees, but it seemed as if nothing could be done for him. He consented, however, to go to the hospital where he occupied the very room recently vacated by the lawyer. He
2: had three visitors.
1: After a bit, he said, the way you fellows put this spiritual stuff makes sense. I'm ready to do business. I guess the old folks were right after all. So one more was added to the fellowship.
8: So just to back up, what we're...
1: there. Bill W. is taking um, great lengths to describe how the fellowship started to spring up among them. Uh, I'm setting my timer here. Because he he wants people to know how what's going to happen to them as they stay sober. The whole point of this chapter in uh, A Vision for You, this section here that we've been reading, is... Um, Page 153, perhaps the best way of treating you to a glimpse of your future will be to describe the growth of the fellowship among us. So here they are with alcoholic number four. And uh, uh, I I wanted to drill down on the second paragraph. The way you fellows put the spiritual stuff makes sense. What is it that Bill and Dr. Bob and Bill D. said the alcoholic number, Alcoholics Anonymous number four. That made sense. Uh, go back to page 92 through 94, where it's talking about giving precise instructions about the way we are to uh, approach our, our prospect in working with others. We... Are satisfied that they are a real compulsive overeater. We begin to dwell on the hopeless feature of the malady, page 92. We continue to speak of compulsive overeating as an illness, a fatal malady. And then, page 93, tell him exactly what happened to you. Stress the spiritual feature freely. If the man be agnostic or atheist, make it emphatic that he does not have to agree with your conception of God. He can choose any conception he likes, provided it makes sense to him. The main thing is that he be willing to believe in a power greater than himself and that he live by spiritual principles. Uh, So that is what was appealing to Alcoholics Anonymous number four. Here's a guy who grew up with deeply religious parents. Um, Page 93 goes on to talk about that. Your prospect may belong to a religious denomination. His religious education and training may be far superior to yours. In that case, he's going to wonder how you can add anything to what he already knows. Perhaps your story will help him see where he has failed to practice the very precepts he knows so well. So dwelling on the malady and then dwelling on the spiritual nature of our recovery, the fact that God has done for us what we could not do for ourselves, and that we are free to choose our own concept of God that is what made sense to Alcoholics Anonymous number four. I pass. Thank you so much, Amy. Who would like to share on these two paragraphs? Marcella. Okay, Marcella. Anyone else? Press star one. Okay, go ahead, Marcella. Good morning, and thank you. My name is Marcela, my recovered compulsive overeater. I see myself in this story because I was raised by a very religious family. And and our religion and our faith was not mainstream in the country in which I was born. And um, so when I came to the big book and, and to the world of addiction for, with, with the intention to recover, I also thought, like, what are you going to teach me? I, I know a lot. And especially, I already have a relationship with God. I thought I had a very good relationship with a creator because religiously I spent a great amount of time giving him precise instructions of how he should do in my life and in the life of others and um, And I have a decent theoretical um, religious education. I have a lot of information, but I didn't have the living experience of a loving. Creator that enables me to stop eating. I thought that the matters of um, intake, food intake, and, and shape, and diet, and BMI, and grams of carbs, and and, and size, and, and obesity was just too banal for for the creator of the universe. And I also thought that what I what I ate had nothing to do with God and my performance on, under the eyes of God. And now that I'm recovered, and as I keep studying this process in the Big Book of Alcoholics and Remus, I realized that every single bite that I take either takes me closer to the God of my understanding or farther away to the God of my understanding. Why? Because I have an addiction. I'm a compulsive eater and I'm going to die that way. So the act of eating total as a religious, as a, as a spiritual, as a relevant spiritual um, action makes tons of sense now, and 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 now I could I never I was raised in a in a faith in a practice that we were supposed to bless the beginning of a meal and the end of the meal, but I could never do that because my my meals had no beginning and no end. They had a beginning, but they never had an end. So now everything makes sense. My meals have a beginning and an end, and then I can do God's will in my life when it's not related to food. And then I can eat as if eating and the amount that I eat and the quality of the food that I eat and the combination that I eat and the frequency in which I eat matters in, 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 the, in the realm of my relationship with a higher power and the way that it's going to impact my relationships with everybody else. Thank you for letting me share with that.
0: Thank you so much, Marcella. Who else would like to share on these
1: two paragraphs?
4: Rachel W., Mary B.
1: Okay, Rachel W. and Mary B., anyone else? Okay, go ahead, Rachel W. Well, good morning, and good morning, Katie. Thank you so much for your service, and good morning, everyone that's on the line today, Um, um, just focusing in on the sentence, the way you fellows put the spiritual stuff makes sense. Another reminder that, um, I have to be walking the walk and talking the talk, you know, um, that, that anyone who's inspired me in this program has that authenticity of, of working those steps and, um, and living by those principles. And, um, you know, it's, it's for me, when I look back into the relapse that thank God I, I got out of, um, I, you know, I, I, I realized that that this was this was this was one of the, one of the reasons why was because I was not walking my walk or talking my talk. And 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 earlier on, when it says that um, they felt that they had to give to others what they had found or be sunk, well, it was really hard for me to give away my program when it wasn't authentic. You know, I was fighting this battle, I was fighting this war with conventional weapons like the tools, the program, which I don't negate. But you know, that's all that I was really kind of doing, and I thought I was enlarging my spiritual base. But in the meantime, my, my enemy was in the cage with those bars, you know, of the cage being the tools that, I, you know, I thought I was strengthening them and keeping that disease, um, you know, at, at bay, and yet um, somehow it, it got out. And, um, and after I relapsed, you know, I felt like a general having to go back to my, to my drawing board with my troops and say, what happened? Like, how did this happen on our watch? I was in a way. I was doing the tools. I was sponsoring. I even began meetings and um and after you know and 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 i I want to just send a message out there um to to keep coming back you know all of you on the line silent binging i was there once as well and um i i I want to tell you that uh you know the idea is just to keep coming back because that's what i did i just kept coming back as that confused general you know like how this happened to my troops that we got overtaken and um and one day you know, and, and I felt defeated, completely defeated. And I felt like my journey didn't even matter anymore. I felt like an always failure. And um and and one day, um and this woman's on the line right now. I think she's usually on the line, but she knows who she is. Um, she, she and I had a conversation where she kind of lifted the veil and showed me that it was all a sham. And and today I, I fight my I fight this war on, on a nuclear level. I've gone nuclear. My my weapons are a lot different than they used to be. Um, and part of um my most beloved and my most favorite one is this, this meeting and all of you on the line here, but it's definitely been, you know, immersing myself more in the big book, more in the, um, the, the, the steps, you know, on, on a much more pure level and, um, and giving it away. And thank God I, I can give away such, such beautiful, you know, ideas and concepts and, and such hope and encouragement because that's what I got from, from the people that, that, um, inspired me. So thank you so much for allowing me to share and have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you and Mary B it's your turn.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for your service and thank you everyone who has shared this morning. Wonderful meeting. I am Mary B. I am recovered for today in Central California. And um so one more was added to the fellowship. And he was brought in by people who worked their program and present it to him precisely as they had worked it and as they had recovered. And I, um, I get a couple of uh, meditations sent to me <clears throat> uh, in my email every day. And the other day there was an article attached to one of them called Gresham's Law in AA, and um, oh, it's outside literature, so I'm not going to get into it. But the gist of it is how these early people recovered. And when Bill W. was writing this book, and he um, he was talked into adding the word "suggested," a suggested program of recovery. And of, we've heard, and I've heard so many times about the pro and con, about whether or not he um, he would have changed. Rarely have we seen a person fail to never. Have we seen a person fail? And some say yes, some say no. Doesn't matter. I know that in my years in OA, well, for one thing, our uh, our founder, in the first couple of years, took out the word God because she felt that more people would be attracted to the program if that word was taken out. And by the time I came in two years later, he was back in the room. Thank heaven. Anyway, um, the gist of the article was the watering down of the program over the years. And I know in OA what I heard was, take what you like and leave the rest. And what I liked was losing weight. I just wanted to lose weight. I didn't want to be transformed. I thought that if my body was transformed, the rest of me would automatically be transformed. And so I did what one of you calls the OA waltz, the one, two, three, one, two, three. And I did one, two, three, and 12. One, two, three, and 12. And, um, so many of the things that, you know, just stay abstinent and um, and go to meetings, things like that. And when I was reading this article, I thought, boy, you know, this really explains why a vision for you is so effective. And that's because there's no nonsense here. That's what I not only heard but didn't hear when I called in to these um, meetings a year ago. No nonsense. You do it. You do it all. You do it exactly as it's laid out in this book. And you will recover from a hopeless state of mind and body. Thank you very much for letting me share this morning.
0: Thank you, Mary.
1: Okay, we have time for one or two more if you'd like to uh jump in Kim. here.
6: Yeah. Nicole.
0: Okay, Kim and Nicole. And then we'll be done. Thank you. Kim G, go ahead.
4: I thought that was Kim. Nicole, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead.
6: This then Nicole.
1: Did you, did you want me to go? And who is the other one? It was Chrissy M. Oh, Chrissy M. Okay. Chrissy M. And then Nicole. Thank you. Hi. I'm Chrissy M. Recovered, Compulsive Overeater, and Anorexic from New Jersey. And um, for me, I, I have to say, I, I feel very fortunate that I was able to see that all of my my attempts at solving my life problems um, failed. And so I was at that place where when I had the fortunate circumstance of having an aunt get um, sobriety, it really opened up, my whole world because i knew how how powerless she was even if i didn't see my own powerlessness over the food i saw that alcohol had had her down and so when i saw her i mean god works in mysterious ways i didn't i didn't have someone come into a room to talk to me when i was down and beaten i was down and beaten and it was um the demonstration of seeing in in living action in in real life in real time seeing a woman transformed from the hopelessnesses the hopelessness of addiction and and get recovered. I saw my aunt get recovered and I thank you God had had the I really related, even though it was alcohol. I, I I related with the addiction, and and I I went to AA, and you know, it for me, my God removed for me the desire to binge there, and and I stopped drinking, and you know, my story unfolds from there. But for for me, that to see to know, you have to know what it's like to be trapped in addiction and be truly powerless and to see someone and to know the truth about the sameness of who they are and to see them rise above to know that it's possible for you. And that's what what they were able to to communicate. That's what we have to be able to communicate to people. And with, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you. Nicole, you're up. Hi, this is Nicola, um, a Recovered Compulsive reader from Colorado. Thank you so much for your service today. And um, I really like where this says that he suffered horribly from his spree but it seemed as if nothing could be done for him. And um, that's, that's where I, I really felt I was at, and just horrible suffering from a, a binge and purge episode. And I remember one time that I counted how long it, Took me to feel better from from that, and it was it was about thirty hours, and um, and just you know felt so hopeless, couldn't put the food down, couldn't stop, and um, and it's just when it when it says down here that he says I'm ready to to do business. That's what it finally took me, and I was finally ready to do whatever it took and to follow. The directions um, of of my sponsor, and just do whatever it took. I was in a hopeless state, um, and just suffering horribly, and wanting to get out. And felt just I, I remember the the night before I started my um, the process to, that brought recovery. Um, I talked to my mom, and just was in tears, and just hopeless. I just if this doesn't work, there's nothing out there that's going to work, and she told me this this will work, and but it took to getting to that point of um, utter hopelessness and um, just really ready to do business and really um, ready to let God be in charge of, of my life and um, me no longer running the show. Um, so this program does work, and I'm uh, living proof of that, and I just uh, thank you, God, and thank you everybody out there um, who has uh, helped me with this, with my recovery because it certainly hasn't been done on my own. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Okay. Um, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Sharon H. please read A Vision for You, Our Book is Meant to Be Suggestive Only?
7: Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. This is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado. Thank you, God. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask Him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who's still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got.